Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Jags Den Podcast. No, it's been a while since our last episode, but we are indeed back. I am your host, of course, James Johnson, managing editor of the Jaguars Wire, brought to you all by USA Today. And I am joined by Jacob DeLawrence, my partner in crime and contributor of the Jags Wire. Uh, Jacob, how you doing today, man? And I'm doing pretty good, James. How you doing today? I can't complain, man. Hanging in there, man. Hanging in there. Yeah, that's about all you can do, especially since, you know, this is the quote-unquote slow part of the year for us here. Yeah, and uh, for the Jaguars especially, I can tell because <laughs> I haven't had a lot of content to write about except for, like, you know, stuff that I can come up off the top of my head. But no really, like, no major news to break uh, other than OTA news. Weekend's kind of slow, but, you know. That being said, we're still going to work around that and get content up for the people uh, that, that like to check us out over at USA Today. I mean, definitely we got to feed y'all, you know. Yep. So real quick, Jacob, man, let them know and uh, plug your handles where they can find you at. Check out your work, your other work as well, aside from the Jags Wire content. Yeah, if you're looking for me on Twitter, that's at underscore J-Della, J-D-E-L-A. As far as my other work goes, you can find me covering music, creative stuff, culture, and just really anything in general over at JustJazzArray.com. That's Just Jazzarae. It's spelled J-A-Z-E-R-A-I. I'm sorry, I blanked on that. She won't hear this, so I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) .com. All right. And, uh, of course, you know where to find me at uh, at sports grind underscore done on Twitter. Of course, our handles for the Jags Den podcast and for the Jaguars Wire is at Jags Den podcast at the Jaguars Wire. And we also will have um, audio links for this podcast uh, for today's podcast and in the future. Uh, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn, you name it. We'll just be posting that on the uh, Jags Den podcast handle as well as the Jaguars Twitter handle. And uh, feel free to check that out and subscribe and whatnot to those. So in today's show, basically, the topics at hand, we're going to mostly talk about OTAs because it's been a while since we've done a podcast and a lot has happened. uh, But we're going to try to fit it into a one hour window or somewhere around that. And uh, we're going to start talking about Brandon Albert. As we all know, he's holding out currently uh, of OTAs, the voluntary part of OTA. So, you know, he won't get fined or this, that or the other. And uh, basically, we're going to also talk about if me and Jacob think he'll be back for mandatory practice, because it's been said, according to the Bleacher Report, I think it was uh, Jason Cole that reported this, that he wants what Andrew uh, Whitworth is making or something like that, or maybe what Russell Okung is making, which is like 15 to 26 million guaranteed. A lot of money uh, for somebody who's injury prone, but we'll talk about that. And if he doesn't come back, do we feel that basically the Jags are in trouble on the offensive line because they had they have had to shuffle guys around for OTAs? Also, who would be the starters without him if he doesn't come back? We'll answer that in today's episode. We'll also talk about Telvin Smith and his statements, uh, you know, as I guess it was a week ago, I think, or maybe more than a week ago that he came out to the media afterwards. You know, they meet with the media, this, that and the other. And he was a little heated with how practice went for the defensive side. I actually talked about this on the site. Feel free to check that out. And uh, it's on the Malik Jackson article as to why he was probably a little upset. 
But we're going to talk about that. And, you know, whether this represents a culture change uh, as opposed to when Gus Bradley was there for OTAs, um, which it does. And we're going to go into details with that. And lastly, something Doug Marone talked on. Miles Jack, who is going to be the middle linebacker, starting middle linebacker with Paul Puzlesny moving to the strong side. We'll also talk about him and his transition and uh, how we think the team will do with him as the middle linebacker. So that being said, we're going to kick it off. As I said, Brandon Albert, uh, how do you feel about his holdout, Jacob? And do you think he will come back for mandatory practices? I mean, honestly, is anybody really surprised that Albert is holding out, especially considering it's voluntary? I mean, we all know he's had his issues with his weight and just his issues of being Brandon Albert in general. So if you're honestly surprised by this, did you expect the man to change because he was leaving Miami and coming to Jacksonville and getting a quote-unquote fresh start? Or were you expecting, this? oh, he's coming back under Coughlin, even though Coughlin is a VP now versus coach, that Albert is going to you know be more like the Giants version of Albert? <sighs> I hate to break that to you, but same Brandon Albert, New Day. I feel like he, he'll he probably show up once it becomes mandatory and that wallet starts getting hit. You know, he'll show up. Right, right. You And you said the Giants version of Albert. You mean, Did you mean the Chiefs? I think he he played for the Chiefs, was it, before? Uh, may have been the Chiefs, but just the Coughlin relation, okay, relationship. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. And, yeah, I mean, you, you make a valid point. Like, if you look at his history, and, I mean, especially when you consider the fact that I think when you look at – um over the cap.com and like spot track his money. He doesn't get any money for coming to OTAs. That's another thing. I, if I'm not mistaken now, I, I didn't really read deep into his contract details, but I think a lot of his money is guaranteed when the regular season starts. So I guess he's going to be getting paychecks over the course of the 16 week week season. Uh, but the OTA phase don't really affect him unless they start finding him for the voluntary part. Uh, maybe then we'll see him. Um, in my opinion, if I had to guess, I, I guess he would show up for the mandatory part. What you think about that, Jacob? You think he's going to come through? Uh, uh, to, just real quick, you were right on the Chiefs instead of the Giants. I spoke. But uh, as far as the mandatory part, I figure I'd give him three days. Mm-hmm. He'll sit maybe three, maybe a week. Okay. But those fines are going to start rolling in heavy. And if you're looking for a new contract, last thing you want to do is be shelling out money because you're sitting at home so that, I, I say he'll show up eventually he might not be there at the start but maybe in a week if it goes longer than two weeks then i would legitimately worry okay yeah i could, I could see that happen in a, a three-day window where he he misses out and uh one thing to um talk about i forgot to mention is as well uh supposedly he put out a picture from his instagram or i think the gym that he's working out at put out a picture of him on instagram but he does look in shape at the least and uh he he looks a little bit trim as well so uh when we see him hopefully you know he will be in shape and he can you know just uh come in and and fit right in place real quick jacob let me ask you this as well uh when he comes back and we've talked on this before do you still think that he'll play tackle or guard or uh well i'm basically where do you think he'll play when he does come back if he does come back Honestly, I wouldn't put it past the combination of Coughlin and Marone to stick him at left guard or right guard mm-hmm. and let Cam take tackle just as a message. <laughs> yeah. And then eventually they'll probably switch it back, but just for 
say most of the preseason and maybe depending upon you know how far he holds out and how bad of a takes it leaves in their mouth maybe one or two games in the regular season or it might be a permanent switch but honestly i just see him like we talked about before him taking left tackle and then cam moving to guard mm-hmm. yeah i um you know the, to answer that i really don't I can't say right now. If I had to guess, I I guess they still would put him at tackle. Um, but I don't think there's no way that he'll sit on the bench. When you look at what he's going to make in in terms of salary when he does come back for the regular season, I think it's like upwards of eight million. So I think he will start, but uh, it's just a matter of where. But I, I'm gonna say probably left tackle with Cam at guard. Uh, but we'll see. I mean, his holdout will have something to do with that and how long he holds out. So I, I think it will at least. Um, so um, if, oh, yeah. he, if he doesn't come back, though, do you feel like the Jags are in trouble? And uh, also, if he doesn't come back, who do you see as the starters on the offensive line from left to right? I mean, you would have to think that Cam Robinson would be the starting left tackle in that situation, right? Yeah, I mean, Albert is making nine million this year. Base is eight point eight million this year, and scheduled for nine and a half next year. Mm. He already got his guaranteed money, so <laughs> right, right. <laughs> he's gonna show up eventually if he's smart. Yeah, and they can't trade him, and they're not gonna be stupid enough to cut him. So it's just a matter of who budges first. Right, but he'll eventually show up. If not. It's going to be um, a real interesting um, offensive line setup because him and Cam are were supposed to anchor that line for the most part. So Right. Yeah, I'm thinking uh, from left to right, Cam Robinson, if he doesn't come back, I'm, and I'm talking about Albert here, I'm thinking Cam Robinson at left tackle, um, A.J. Cann, at left guard i mean even though he i think he played right guard last year uh but he can and they're interchangeable he could play left or right guard but he'll be on the line uh i would like to see brandon linder at center even though brandon linder is good as a guard as well particularly as a right guard and uh you know if linder stays at center i'll say omame at right guard or left guard and and can can interchange with him uh, in those positions and Parnell at right tackle, uh, if I had to guess. But um, as you said, I you know I don't think the Jaguars are in trouble because he's going to show up. And uh, now that you floated out there that you know it's almost nine million that you know he'll be playing for. I mean, who's going to leave that on the table? So, uh, but I mean an- another thing to consider here, they've been playing Linder at uh right guard and Can at uh left, and I think they've had Tyler Shatley playing center. Uh, you think they can get by with that combination out of curiosity, Jacob? I like the idea of switching Can and Linder, but the problem is who do you move to center? Because I don't know if Shatley can hold center down because mm-hmm. Shatley is listed as a left guard and he's been mostly used on that side. Right. If I'm um, not mistaken, I think he has played a couple spot games at center uh, when Linder was hurt. Uh, but I, I can't remember how he did, so I can't really right. speak on it. You know what I'm saying? I guess I can go back and look on Pro Football Focus and look at his grade and how he graded in each individual game as he started at center or guard or, or wherever it is. But, you know, yeah, I, I, that's a sketchy uh, center, or, or should I say a sketchy option at center. Um, but, I mean, he, he has held his own at times when needed. But I would much rather prefer 
uh, Brandon Linder, who's just a Pro Bowl caliber interior lineman in general. I would much more prefer him at center in front of Blake Bortles personally. Yeah, keep him there. And if you need to move anything around, assuming Albert comes back, just Cam is the one that you can move. True, true. And even if Albert doesn't come back, you can still move, say, Parnell over and just use Cam. Either way it goes, Cam is the man that you're moving before you move anybody else. Right, right. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. And um, we'll see. uh, Time will tell. But um, I personally, I mean, I know Cam... Robinson, from what they have said, is going to be the left tackle of the future. But I personally want to see him at guard at least for one year because I think in the interior he'll he'll move people off the ball better than Cam will, in my opinion. And um, you know, I, I'm just curious to see how that would work. But um, I guess time will tell. And uh, that offensive line is a big question mark right now. So uh, that being said, we're going to move into the next topic at hand. Uh, Telvin Smith who uh, came back, as I said, I think it was last week, met the media, whatever, and um, he was a little heated with how the practice went, said that the team should be further along than they are. And, I mean, you know, he makes a valid point. That being said, Malik Jackson came out earlier to say, you know, he was a little upset that the offense kind of had a better day than the defense. Uh, we don't know if that's fully true yet, but that's what Malik Jackson said at least um. Uh, so that being said, um, how do you take Telvin Smith's statements, Jacob? And do you think it's a sign of the changes being made in terms of the culture and the Jaguars wanting to get things right early as opposed to when Gus Bradley was there? If I'm, my thoughts on this, uh, Telvin Smith, is real simple. If I'm Gus Bradley, I'm sitting somewhere. Understanding I got a stack of money from the Jags and a stack coming, but I'm pissed because it's it's a new culture there. Yeah. You are supposed to be a defensive mastermind and a leader, and we saw what we got on the field. You leave, and this is not even training camp. This is voluntary OTAs, and one of the better defensive players is sitting there just being honest and saying, hey, we sucked. We got to step it up. You know, it's it's a new day here. So, ah, if I'm Gus Bradley, I'm, mm, I'm a little hurt right now. But if I'm a Jags fan and everybody else, I'm sitting here like, all right, Coughlin, Marone. Ooh, hey, you know what? Maybe the hype is real. Maybe we are going to be, you know, more, mm, more honest, hold each other accountable. Maybe things are changing because we got our OTA. It's not, it's week one of OTAs, voluntary OTAs, and this man is saying offense had a better day. We just got to pull it together and we got to tighten up. Right. So, yeah, I look forward right. to it. Yeah, I mean, like, you're right, it's, it's OTAs, and I love the new mentality. And, I mean, you like you said, you got Telvin Smith coming after practice, press conferences, mad. You got, we forgot to mention this, we got Doug Marone, you know, on press conferences cussing. You know what I'm saying? Not that, <laughs> not that they aired that, but supposedly on Twitter, you know, he, he let out a few cuss words there. And, I mean, I like it. It's, it's different from, you know, Gus Bradley's upbeat get better mentality day by day, even if better is slight improvement. And it's an adjustment. Not that it means that they're going to necessarily be better, but I do like the the adjustment and I do like the change. Um, that being said, my thoughts on his, um on Telvin Smith's statement, you know, I, I like what he said, to be honest with you. But um, one thing at the same time somebody pointed out is that, you know, on the defense, a lot of their starting secondary is injured. 
So, you know, Blake Bortles might have been lighting up, you know, like guys like Duran Grant, who, you know, they've been praising. He's been doing a good job. I don't want to take any credit from him, you know, and, you know, backups like Wilson and, um, you know, some of the other guys like Josh Johnson, those guys. So, you know, I guess like for Telvin to be mad about backups getting the, you know, advantage taken from them or whatever. Uh, you know, that might be a little harsh, but still, I love his expectations. He Basically, he's saying, I don't care who's on the field. If you're a backup, a starter, third stringer, we want to to flourish, basically, as a defense. And that's fine with me. I love that winning mentality. That's what he's bringing from Florida State. And that is what it's going to take to change the culture of Jacksonville. No matter who we line up in front of you, we expect this out of you. We expect you to go out there and flourish against Allen Robinson if you're Dor- Doran Grant or whoever you are, Josh Johnson. We don't care if he is our number one receiver. We expect to do good, and we expect to flourish. So I like it. I like what um, Marone and Coughlin have have brought to the table uh, each day. You know, in the videos, you see Coughlin there every day on the sidelines watching him and Marone. You know, they probably get together, talk about, you know, what could be improved at the practices and this, that, and the other. Um, So far, you know, I'm not displeased with what I've heard or seen out of the new regime. And I just can't wait to see, you know, where it goes uh, from here. So um, that being said, we're going to go into the next topic at hand, which is also on the defense, because the defense, of course, is the better side of the ball. They've had more of the um, breaking news and more of the topics to talk about. And we're going to talk about Miles Jack here real quick, who is has made the move to middle linebacker. As they stated, I guess, some months ago that Paul Puzlesny was going to move to the strong side linebacker position, which is an adjustment for him. We'll talk about that as well. And uh, they're going to put Jack in the middle. Basically, he's going to be the quarterback of the defense. And, you know, he's only two years in the game. That's a lot of responsibility. Uh, that's a hard job for somebody as young as him. So real quick, Jacob, I want to know uh, what's your thoughts on the team moving him to middle linebacker? And do you think over time or over the course of the season, uh, he'll be all right at that position and he'll settle in? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's going to be a learning curve in just an adjustment period, because like you said, you're middle linebacker. You are the quarterback of the defense. Right. While you may have Calais Campbell, Ramsey, and everybody else, it still kind of falls on you. And he's just in his second year. It's you, hey, <laughs> right. Welcome to the fire. You know, I'm frying pan <laughs> right. into the fire. Right. Best of luck to you, kid. But I mean, I say it'll take him the whole preseason training camp. And I say probably about week three or four, maybe it should start to click. Mm hmm where you'll feel confident and you'll understand the move. But at first there's going to be a struggle. I mean, it's, it is what it is, but it's a short term loss, long term gain and win. Mm -hmm. They're planning, they're playing it out. They're being smart. Wow. I said the Jags franchise is being smart. (laughs) They're planning out ahead and thinking, okay, we got to switch this up. We got this kid. He's a freak of, of an athlete let's move him in the middle Mm -hmm. let's go ahead and get him that experience let's get him prepared to be the leader of the defense on the field he's the quarterback we got veterans around him we got the right pieces so if he messes up it's not like it's a complete ooh, right like two years ago we couldn't do this oh no we could move miles jack no it just would not work doing this now it allows him a security blanket he's good Mm -hmm. he'll struggle 
but it's not going to get him ate up like it would before. So right. we can make it with him. Yeah, man. I mean, like, you look at how the league is catered to the offensive side of the ball, and it's an offensive league, and there's a lot of offensive gurus and offensive minds in the league. Yeah, he's going to struggle, okay? But uh, I think one thing that helps him, and I think probably Coughlin took this into consideration, is the whole thing with them starting against the Patriots. That w- What a team to start against in the preseason to pick that young man's mind, even if it's just in practice. You know, for him to line up across from Tom Brady and try to figure out what Tom Brady, the great Tom Brady, is thinking. Because we know he probably won't start in the first preseason game in terms of Tom Brady. They typically hold him out, I think, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong. I'm not a Patriots fan. But most preseason games or the first two, he doesn't even touch the field. But in practice, he will get to see Tom Brady and kind of pick his mind and, you know, see see some good looks on the offensive end because, you know, Bill Belichick's going to throw some stuff at him, uh, this, that, and the other. So that, that will help him indeed. And as you said, they're just basically thinking ahead of time, getting him out there. He is surrounded by veterans, so getting him out there early does, you know, it, it might not hurt as much as it would, as you said. Um, you know, Paul Puzlesny is right there next to him. Telvin's on the other side of him. And they have said Paul Puzlesny, you know, has helped him in this process. You know, it'll be times where Miles will break the huddle, might have called the wrong thing, and Puz will be like, hey, you need to call this or that or switch this to that. You know, so, you know, he's right there beside him if he does see something out of the, uh, out, you know, that's not usual or whatever you have and uh, he's there to help him so that's good uh you're right it's going to be a learning curve uh, because it's just hard to learn that position for a young man in this league but over time I think he'll adjust and I mean it's good that they're getting him out there because me personally I think Miles Jack is a freak of nature I mean I did a lot of film study on this young man in the draft I mean he played if I recall, he played strong safety at time. I seen him line at line up at cornerback. I seen him line up at defensive end in my film studies. I seen him line up at middle linebacker as well, outside linebacker. He played. I'm going to come out and say this. He was the most versatile player I've ever studied in my life in terms of film study. And I mean, I've only been in the game five years, so you know you could take that for what it's worth. But I mean, just to to see this guy on the field and what he can do. And, I mean, the speed that he brings to the table. I've always said the league needs faster middle linebackers because none of them can cover. And that's a problem with the league. And that's why people are pass happy. Well, Miles Jack is the counter reaction to that. Miles Jack is what you need to counter the Tom Brady's of the world and to counter the, the you know, fast paced offenses of the world. So we'll see if he does that in due time when he learns to position. So, um. I guess we're kind of running through these quick, Jacob. So I'm going to um, add this one into there about A.J. Boye and Jalen Ramsey. I know you all seen the post I made about Ike Taylor uh, deeming them as the number one corner tandem in the league, in his opinion. And I want to know from you, Jacob, uh, how do you feel about that? Do you agree with him and uh, who you think is the number one corner tandem? If not those two, obviously we're a little biased. But uh, what you think, man? <laughs> Uh, I mean, you kind of got to stop and actually start going through rosters and think who has a great tandem. There's always there's you know, you have a great one here. There's a great one there. Mm. But who has a great tandem? I'm struggling off the top of my head to think of great tandem, great tandem. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm pulling them up right now for you. Maybe the Patriots. Yeah. Yeah. The Patriots are up there. I don't know if I would put them. They got 
Gilmore and um they still have they Malcolm still have Michael Butler. Butler, correct? Correct. I just pulled it up on Jags Wire. They had um the the guys over there in uh Denver, the Broncos, the no fly zone as they call themselves, uh which is a keep to leave Chris Harris and Bradley Roby. And then they also had um Janoris Jenkins and Eli Apple as the third. Jason Verrett and Casey Hayward over in Los Angeles for the Chargers. And uh, you named the last one, which was the fifth, and that was uh, the New England Patriots, Malcolm Butler, and Stephon Gilmore. So uh, how you feel about those uh, tandems and where they rank and where Jalen and Boye ranks amongst those guys? I mean, amongst those groups? Yeah. It's one of those you want to say, yeah, we got it, just because you saw how Jalen played. You know what AJ can do. It's like, oh, yeah, we got it. The problem is we haven't seen them play together. Mm. That's so it's kind of it's kind of that. Are we putting the cart before the horse here? Because it might not pan out. I doubt it. Right. But there's always that possibility. Right. Right. <laughs> right. And you look at the Broncos. It's two and a half. There's a third person listed in okay. parentheses. So we can just go ahead and get that out of there now. Right. You look at what the Chargers combination did. That didn't produce much last year. You can go ahead and take them out. So that's down to what, three now? Yeah. Rough. Yeah, three, if I'm counting right. So top three? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I agree. Top three. Um, I would say Nick the Giants and the, the Broncos may have them beat. Like you say, er, I mean, it's early, so we don't know how they're going to work together. And we got to see how, you know, the pass rush is going to come. That would definitely help these two young men. Um, I mean, you can make the argument that they probably got the worst pass rush of the guys named in that top five. So, I mean, maybe Calais Campbell's, you know, Campbell will help that situation, uh, this, that, and the other. But, yeah, I would say I definitely rank the no-fly zone as number one. Um, I, I like Eli Apple and um, and Janoris Jenkins. Over in over with the Giants and um you know obviously Olivier Vernon helps them out and I would yeah I would put them at two and uh, yeah being that it's kind of the unknown I would put Jalen and AJ at three and then the other guys below them personally I mean that's just me like I say I'm biased though so take it for <laughs> for what it's worth though <laughs> I know people are gonna be listening to the podcast be like I mean you're a Jags fan of course you put them up there but I mean they they are a talented bunch I mean and me and you agree on that exactly it's not like we sit on right at number one and we're like oh yeah they're definitely number one we kind of looked at this you know right. like eh, they haven't played together they have the talent pass rushes you know questionable let's just Third, we'll, we'll say they're third. You know, let's right, just be right. fair. Stick them in the middle when we're really like, you know, them boys number one, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, we're trying to be humble about this. That's what y'all can appreciate about the Jazz Den podcast. I mean, we're the best Jaguars podcast out there, but we're humble about it. Best Jaguars site out there, but we're humble about it. That's another story for another time, though. But um, <laughs> on I Taylor, I will say this: I do value his opinion because he's a Super Bowl, you know, caliber cornerback i guess if you will say he's won two super bowls if i'm not mistaken don't know if ike taylor's been to the pro bowl 
Uh, but, I mean, this is a guy that knows his stuff about defensive backs. And when you look at his film studies on NFL Network, he does know what he's talking about. And, I mean, after all, he did learn from the legendary Dick LeBeau as his defensive coordinator for a long time. So, I mean, that 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 is high praise from somebody who really does know the game. Um, so, right. that being No so- Pro Bowls, but two-time Super Bowls, learned under Dick LeBeau. Was part of some ooh, some nasty Steelers defenses too. Yes, so yes, and if I recall, I mean I'm getting a little off topic here. Ain't Dick LeBeau in uh, Tennessee now? Yes, I do believe he is still in Tennessee, creating and causing chaos for everybody in the league. <laughs> Go away, Dick LeBeau. <laughs> Go home. You did your job. You did your job, man. I mean, this is in the nicest way rep- uh, possible. Uh, yeah, we just we ret- mean this completely nice, like yeah, retire, just- man. Please. He's assistant head coach. God. He's listed as the assistant head coach. But you know he's sitting in the defensive meetings like, come on. Yeah, right. I mean, he, he's basically what Tom Coughlin is for the Jaguars. <laughs> he's he's a, he's a higher power just sitting at a lower rank position, uh, but he still gets a, a good amount of say-so, uh, so to speak. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. So um, Dick LeBeau comes to the room. All yours, sir. Go yep. right ahead. <laughs> I'm sure the defensive coordinator just let him sit at the the front desk in the film room and let him just take over and say whatever, man. <laughs> yep, so that's going to make our life miserable this year. Oh, Dear man. Blake Bortles. Jesus. Step we, up play, time. we played him the second game of the season, too, man, which early in this process, I think we will win, but it's early. <laughs> and a lot Mariota's of things have to happen. Together yet? Oh, what's that? Did they put Mariota's knee back together yet? Uh, they say he will be ready. I don't know if they've necessarily put the knee back together yet, but they they claim he'll be ready. Um, I kind of mapped out a timeline for him. He should be. Um, I look back at this a couple months ago. He should be ready, but I mean, you you can never tell. I mean, I'm not a doctor, but I we, we will see, and uh, that will be an interesting game. Um, because the Jaguars do have to win one of those first two games. I don't know which one is gonna be. I hope they win one of the two, but it's they're gonna have to win one of them to start off right. Got to. I mean, let's just look at the first month of the first month and a half of the season. You got two divisional games, and then the rest are out of division until you see the Colts. So you kind of need to get mm-hmm. one, if not both. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a to me that's a good thing to start off because traditionally they don't start off against division opponents. This is a good measuring stick to see where you are early in the season against divisional opponents. And if you can win them, that that even makes it better. But you know, when you play these guys later in the season, I see it this way. You know, you can measure the progress you made from when you played them in the beginning of the season. Make those adjustments. And by the end of the season, there shouldn't be an excuse that you can't beat these teams unless you like just beat up and injured. But I mean, I think like it just gives the Jaguars the luxury to study these teams early, make the necessary adjustments and then, you know, come back and beat them late in the season when you need to win the most. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But like we said, we got to get one because if we go and two, then. Matter of fact, we got a little time. Let's just go ahead and look through the schedule. Why don't we just look through and do a little prediction? Why not? I'm on the Jaguars site right now, and I'm going to pull it up. All right, so we got the Texans. We got the Titans. After them, we have the Ravens. That's in London, as we all know. The Jets, then the Steelers, and then the Rams. I'll just name those as the starters. 
Uh, so what what you thinking about those uh, first games in consideration with the two that are divisional games, the first two? This is either going to be three and three. Maybe, maybe you still four and two. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. By, my, my, by the grace of God, maybe. And hopefully maybe. them two aren't the division losses. <laughs> hopefully. Maybe you somehow still four and two. Right, right. I mean, honestly, you, I see three and three, two and four. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the two that's going to be a problem, three, is the two division ones because they know us so well. And then the Steelers, you know, I mean, because I, I mean, I'm not saying the Ravens are a pushover, but I mean, we've almost beaten them before. You know, we, we just couldn't hang on to the league, which the league, should I say, uh, which has been an issue under Gus Bradley. But maybe now that he's gone, you know, we can fix that. We'll see. But I, I'm not that concerned about the Ravens game. And we are kind of successful as of late in London. The last two games we won. So I give them that. The Jets aren't a better team than us when you look at the roster. I mean, point They have point, no period. quarterback. No. It shouldn't be no excuse. Why? I mean, even though it's in New York, we shouldn't lose to them. I feel like we shouldn't. As much we pile on Blake Bortles and everything else here. Mm-hmm. At least we can say we've seen good Blake Bortles. We just want that to come back. <laughs> the Jets don't have a quarterback on their roster. I've seen reports from Jets coaches that said uh, Hackenberg couldn't hit the ocean if he was standing two oh, feet away from it. So I saw that. I think Phil pointed that out too in one it's, of our last podcasts. I mean, who who's their quarterback? Oh, man. And we got them at week four, so I doubt they haven't figured out by then. Me too. Me too. And I mean, dude, Bryce Petty, my dude, man. I, I talked to, I've talked to him in person, interviewed him. Real cool dude, man. But they just, you know, it's not there for them quarterback wise. And um, yeah, it's, I mean, their defense is pretty good. I'll give them that. At least their yeah, line good is. defense. Yeah, but I mean, we got a good defense too, so that should really even it out. So we'll see. Um, but that Rams one still not really that concerned, even though um, Aaron Donald will cause problems for us. I will say that. Um, but I mean, we should be able to win because they can't run the ball. Obviously, they don't have receivers, and Jared Goff's not good. So I mean, and that's in is it that here? Yeah, that's in Everbank. So we should win that one. So um, after that we got let's see, I'll go to the next four. We got Colts, Bengals. Uh, Chargers and Browns. How you feel about that stretch? So we're at what week seven with the Colts. Yeah, Andrew Luck should be taped together by then. That's right about the time they start taping him together. <laughs> right, right. But assuming he's healthy and it's in uh, Lucas Oil, I'm I'm not feeling too confident about that one. It's a toss up, honestly. Right, right. I I, I give you that. If we do stand it, a chance against him, it'll be. Probably at home. Yeah, it'll be in December when we get them at home. Yeah. Um, Bengals, Chargers, and Browns. How you feel about them three? Bengals, another toss-up. We have them at home, so I feel like we could steal that one. Mm-hmm. Chargers, we definitely got and We lose to the Browns, and I'm just done. I'm walking away. <laughs> done. Yeah, I the good done. thing about the Chargers is we don't play them on the West Coast because we suck. And I had to catch myself from cussing. Uh, we suck on the West Coast, especially against them. Phillip Rivers, it was a um, statistic on pro football focus. He absolutely terrorizes Paul Puzlesny in terms of um, grades. Yes, it's just ridiculous. So I'm glad we got him at home. 
I think oh, we yeah. should win, even though um, you know, they did revamp that offensive line with Dan Feeney and um, they got the kid from Western Kentucky as well, uh, Forrest Lamp. So they they might be a better run team, if you uh, so to speak, with um, who is it? Uh, who's their running back from Wisconsin? Oh, um, I can see him in my face. I can see him in my head. Melvin Gordon, is it? Yes, Melvin Gordon, him. Yeah, so they should be better with the run. But then again, like I said, we should be better against the run. I know we ranked like in the 20s last year, but uh, I think we'll improve against the run. We should have that. Browns, man, like you say, man, it, no excuse. Even though it's at, uh, what's their field call in Cleveland? Um, First Energy, is it? I think. Even though it's there, I think. The new got, dog pound. Yeah, the new dog. <laughs> we'll call it that. I think we got that. Um, we should at least. Um, I mean, hey, Gus Bradley's even beat the Browns, if I'm not mistaken. So, I mean, I and think the, we got that even with my And the Browns don't have a quarterback. Again, yeah. We keep talking about I don't about think that. Kaiser will be ready by then. Ladies and gentlemen, the moral of the story, don't take <laughs> Blake Bortles for granted because he could be worse. <laughs> It could be yes, so much this is work. a Blake. This is turned into us showing love to Blake Bortles. You might want to favorite this, save it. <laughs> Not sure how long it'll be around. Right, right. Okay, so uh, next we got Cards, Colts, Seahawks, and Texans. That I think this is the hardest stretch right here of the season. Um, we got to win at Colts, when especially if we don't win against them at Lucas Oil. Yeah. Um, that that definitely would help. Um. And I think we could, but as again, it's toss up Seahawks. Uh, that that goes to um, one of the articles I recently put out about the top personnel matchups we'll see this year. And one of the ones I had listed was Richard Sherman against Alan Hearns because Richard Sherman lands uh, lines up on the left side. Uh, I'll be it'll be interesting to see if Alan Hearns can bounce back from last year and to beat Richard Sherman. You know, for a touchdown or some catches would be a good bounce back season, in my opinion, depending on what else he does in the season. And um, got to win that Texans game, even though, uh, yeah, that one's at home. We definitely got to win that one divisional game at home. 49ers, I think we can beat them, even though I think they might be better than people think they are. Uh, but we'll see. So uh, what's your, your thoughts of that stretch? Uh, let's see. We got to take that Colts one. We just have to. Right. Absolutely. If we're firing like we should be firing, like the end of the 2015 season where we dismantled the Colts at home, if we play like that with Bortles, with good Blake Bortles, right. we should be able to hang with the Seahawks, maybe knock them off because mm. we don't have to travel west. That's true. And Looking another thing schedule, to consider is their offensive line is God awful. I forgot yeah. about that. And our defensive line should be very good. But, uh, yeah, go ahead. Continue. I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, no, you're good. I was just about to say their old line is also very tragic. I doubt they have it figured out. Right. Also, looking at the schedule of all the West Coast teams, the quote unquote West Coast teams we play, mm. we only have to travel, quote unquote, West twice. That's Arizona and San Fran. And I'm not really counting Arizona. So that's one West Coast game. Right. And that's at the 49ers. And then we got the Texans again. By then, Deshaun Watson should be the starter. I'm figuring AJ and Ramsey should be able to cancel out mm. the Texans because we all know what Jalen Ramsey did last year. <laughs> oh, man. 
A.K.A. Don't don't make me say it, man. Go ahead. <laughs> A.K.A. DeAndre Hopkins' father, man. <laughs> and hopefully it continues. Yeah, so I feel like we should be able to take that one. We should take that one. The, and then we got, what, Niners and Titans to finish it up? Yeah, Niners and Titans. Both, they are away. That concerns me, two away games late in the season. Yep, Christmas uh, but, Eve and uh, New Year's Eve. Right, but uh, how you feel about those? Um, I mean, I will say this. Uh, this n- the new Santa Clara Stadium for the 49ers is way better to play in than the other field because, like, people were out there snapping their ankles and tearing ACLs on that field. So I don't feel as bad about going to the West Coast as I used to, at least to, to uh, San Francisco. Um, I think we're more talented than them. Granted, we're healthy or healthier than them. I think we should win that. And that tight ones, man, they're, I don't know, it, it depends on health again and how, how we're clicking. But um, I think we're more likely to win our first bout with the Titans as opposed to the last one. Uh, what you, what you feeling on those two? Oh, yeah, I'm definitely feeling like we'll probably take the first one. Again, quarterback play. It's a quarterback-driven lead. Just pulled up the Niners roster. Matt Barkley, C.J. Bathard, uh, quarterback from Iowa that had a pretty decent senior year. He's a rookie. Brian Hoyer and Nick Mullins out of Southern Mississippi. Yeah, nope. we got that. <laughs> Not really worried about that. We got that, I think. I mean, and then our defense, once again, we keep going back to that. We should handle that. Yeah, we, we should, should should handle Keyword. the Niners. Keyword, should. You're right. <laughs> So looking over this, I see a seven and nine, eight and eight, maybe nine and seven. Yeah, I'm I'm along the lines of eight and eight right now. Even though, um, you know, it could change later when we do our preseason, um, predictions. But I'm I'm along along the lines of eight and eight, maybe nine wins. You know, depending on um if they're clicking at the right time and they get a few uh surprises in there. But right. I mean, Sitting. that's improvement. I don't know yeah. if it's the improvement that people want, but uh, I. It's improvement nonetheless. Round one built in a day. Yep. There you go. And so. we're sitting here the first week of June. We're a week into OTAs. No meaningful football has been done. I mean, right. Just let's just call it what it is. Right, right. I right. say seven and nine, eight and eight, somewhere. One of those two. It'll probably it may change at the end of the summer, but right now, just looking at this, seeing how things are, I I'll give them seven and nine right now. Yeah, I give them eight and eight one game above that uh, but time will tell and um it will be interesting to see how OTAs unfold and you know how uh the pass rush looks in the preseason that's my biggest thing I want to see how Calais Campbell works with these guys he should be fine they're gonna put him everywhere they're gonna play him at end D tackle I think it'll be fine Malik Jackson said it before he's a top five defensive tackle three technique in the league and Yannick Ngakwe should be one year better so I think I think we'll show some promise in the preseason, uh, but time will tell again. So uh, that being said, me and Jacob are going to wrap up this uh, exciting episode. We were uh, glad to be back with everybody. It's been a while. Um, you all know my situation with my mother. Rest in peace, mom. Love you. Uh, but um, appreciate the support you all have given me over that time. Um, but we are back at it and uh, we're back at chasing uh, chasing the, the top spot as the best jaguar site on the web so uh, that being said jacob anything you want to plug before uh we we wrap this up and um you know p- 
plug some handles real quick. Uh, yeah, when did we start chasing? Last time I checked, we were sitting at number one. You exactly. know, I, you we just know came what? and took your spot from the <laughs> lunch table. New kids are here. Move. It's hard spot now. You're right. You know what? I take that back. We have been number one since the day that Neil gave us permission to start posting on here. So <laughs> that being said, Jags Den podcast, uh, the Jaguars Wire number one, respectively, in the podcast game and on the web. Uh, feel free to check us out. Jaguars Wire dot usa today dot com at jags Den podcast on twitter uh so real quick uh i'm gonna let you wrap it up and uh plug your handles real quick and anything else you might want to put out there um and what you're working on this that and the other uh, like i said it's at underscore j Della on twitter you want to catch my writings about everything not football related that's over at just com. also while you're over there make sure you stop by the shop uh go cop a real friend's hat or go uh, if you got a special woman in your life, or you just believe in you know the female movement. Uh, go cop a girls compete women empower hat. And other than that, we'll see you next time, uh, Jay. Absolutely. Um, you all know the handles. As I said, I already plugged the links to the site. Um, at Jackson Podcast, at the Jaguars Wire on Twitter, at Sports Grind underscore Done. Tons of work coming up. As a matter of fact, me and Jacob are working right now. Uh, Jacob's working on an article right now on um, five key players to the um, basically to the the regular season. <laughs> we'll see how that goes, man. That's gonna be interesting. Um, I'll give you a guess at number one, <laughs> <laughs> dude. I should. It just hit me. I should have put not named Blake Bortles. <laughs> oh man, come on. You know I'll do that. I'll do that. You know okay. what? We've been showing Blake love all day today. Let's not just take it away that quick. I'll do that. Okay, we're gonna make it interesting. Uh, top key players for the Jaguars heading forward, not named Blake Bortles. Expect that today or tomorrow. We're going to get it up soon. We're going to get this podcast up as well. Thomas, shout out to Thomas Goodrich. He's working on some stuff as well. Shout outs to Coach and shout outs to Phil as well. They out there working, grinding, getting it, paying those bills. Um, and they will be collaborating with us once again on Jaguars Wire once they get some time. And uh, for the meantime, you know, it's going to be me, Jacob, and Thomas uh, putting it down with content. And we uh, once again appreciate all that you have done and all the views. Um, so you can check us out on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, and uh, tune in as well. We're going to look into making these live as well, however that may be. So stay tuned for that. I'll have information on uh, the official Twitter ha- Twitter handles when we do go live. And um, also sponsors. Anybody out there willing to sponsor us, want to check us out or um, send us some money or send us some gifts or whatever. Uh, we are open for business at Jags Den Podcast or should I say Jags Den Podcast at gmail.com is where you can contact us. And um, pretty much that will do it for today's episode. So thanks for tuning in and everybody out there till next time. Have a good day.